Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Welcome to the Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson, and I'm going to be pounding out the best regional metal for you tonight. If you're new to this show, pick up your hammer and get down with some of these featured guests. Got any questions or comments? Send them to MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is the Metal Forge, and I'm your host, Mark Jackson. Holy fucking shit, what a last few weeks it has been. Welcome to Lockdown Edition number two, where my guest will be Deb Levine from Lady Beast, and they're going to be releasing on April the 3rd, The Vulture's Amulet. Holy fucking shit. I've, I've only heard a few tracks off of it, but they're fucking killer. And, you know, I'm going to set up some links on the on the description. I want you to check those out, and I'm going to be playing some songs of theirs as well. But if you're into the new wave of British heavy metal stuff, Maiden, Motorhead, Priest, you're really gonna fucking like this band. They're they've got awesome fucking riffs, awesome fucking you know solos and great vocals, you know, great drumming, everything. Total fucking awesome interview. But before we get into all of that, you know, I just want to put out there, you know, thank you to the Patreon subscribers for helping this show continue. I know I say that every week. But it is really important to me, you know, and to Charlie's, Tattoo Charlie's, who, you know, has put up with my garbage metal show for a little over a year now. <laughs> I, I thank Buddy and, and those people out there, too, because, you know, it really does take a community to do something. And in these dire times right now with illnesses and everything else, look to your community, you know. Because that's what we have in the metal community and the folk community and, you know, just our generalized living situation. You know, think of your neighbors. But seriously, think of like the 90-year-old woman who is a couple of doors away from you because, you know, they need help too. And they're being told to stay away from everybody because of situations. But I really don't want to get into all of that because I said last week I like to keep this as apolitical as possible. And, you know, just be safe out there. Be safe to one another. Be kind to one another. And listen to some really fucking cool tunes. And send me an email. I'll answer anybody's email that they send. It's metalforgeradio at gmail.com. If there's somebody you want to feature on, want me to feature on the show, let me know. I'll, I'll reach out to them and I'll say, hey... Let me ask you a few questions. Let me let me get into the deal here. But, you know, looking forward and everything, I do have some really cool people coming on the show. I've got a band from Chicago called Her Worst Nightmare. I have a band from Ohio called Emerald Rage. Those dudes are fucking awesome. Played a couple of shows with them. Hopefully we'll be able to play the show that we got coming up on April 11th, unless we're still under government lockdown. But, you know, I've got another band uh, coming in 
and talking with me who has uh, Ripper Owens guest tracking on some of their songs. So, total fucking cool stuff. Stay tuned to the show. We're really doing this for you and getting things out there. So anyway, without further ado, before we get into the interview, this is Vicious Breed by Lady Beast. joined on the phone right now from deb levine from lady beast deb how are you today hey i'm doing great monday uh ready to start the week 
Feeling good. Thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. I'm I'm glad you you know with you all being so busy lately that you've been able to you were able to do this. This is this is super cool. You know. Oh yeah, of course. It's also super cool for me to know that people uh, have an interest in what we're doing and that you know that is time in my book and on my calendar. So the pleasure is all mine. So ah, nice. So tell. Every- Everyone out there, all the Metal Forge listeners, tell us about Lady Beast. Uh, Lady Beast is a traditional heavy metal band, a five-piece. We started in late 2008. Uh, We have four albums currently out, with our fifth uh, being released April 3rd. Which is next week, by the way, by the time um, this airs. Yes, it is going to be next week. Uh, so the pre-sale's already been going, and hopefully you've ordered your copy. Uh, if not, hopefully there still are some out there, because uh, it is a limited gold-stamped vinyl, which is super exciting. Nice. Um, but yeah, we've just been, uh, underdogs of metal, kicking ass, taking names, DIY style, beating to our own drum, and just continuing to love and write music because it is what makes us happy. Now it says here on the, um, the Facebook page that you guys are a, um, uh, typical new Woba as Bruce Dickinson would call it. Uh, a new wave of British heavy metal, uh, has some influences on with, uh, Iron Maiden, Acid, Judas Priest, Motorhead and stuff like that. Totally. And I'm a fan of all of those, so it makes it even I better. assumed you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard not to be inspired by the forefathers of the genre who helped get us all into this. Uh, feel the energies of the metal and know that that's what we wanted to, uh, you know, play. It's uh, cool because I think that what kind of sets us apart from different traditional or new wave of British heavy metal bands is that we don't just stick to one style. For example, I would say uh, there's examples on every single one of our albums of us having a pre-song, you know, a Maiden-esque song, uh, a Dio-esque song. On our new album, we we have a song that kind of reminds us of Merciful Fate, who is another band that we love, and uh, some of us are going to see this summer in Vegas, which oh I can't believe. Uh, are, you, um, are you actually going to, in Vegas? Is that where you're going? Yeah, to yeah. the Psycho Las Vegas thing. Yeah, I wish they had yeah. more shows than just that one. Oh my god, I know. Because I was planning to go to that as well, and I was looking at... Uh, money and i was like oh i really want to go but i can't afford it (laughs) dude i know i it was like my one splurge i'm hoping that uh i don't owe like too much in taxes (laughs) right absolutely Um, um but anyway so i feel like you know there are a lot of bands out there kicking ass playing awesome heavy metal but i feel like sometimes what sets us apart or sometimes maybe that people think is weird about us is that we just don't play one type of heavy metal because we like so many different elements of the genre as a whole. Right, and there's five of you in the band. Uh, totally. 
so that makes a big difference. You yeah. Know, because each person is going to bring in their, you know, their influences, which it looks like there's uh, Andy on lead guitar, Chris on rhythm guitar, Greg on bass, and Adam on drums, correct? Totally. And Adam and Andy are brothers. Ah, I see that now. And <laughs> Adam and Andy and Greg, the bass player, all grew up listening to punk. That you seems know, to be a thing. And, and played in like D beat and thrash crossover heavy metal bands. Adam and Andy were always super into heavy metal though. But, and then Twiz, Chris, AKA Chris, um, he has always like, he's our, he's our rock and roll guy. He's our, you know, ACDC loving, uh, Finn Lizzy rocking, you know, Black Sabbath guy. So, you know, we get, like, tons of awesome input from all these different genres as well that we add to our heavy metal sound. Right. I can dig on that. And, yeah, and, and, sure. and, he's, and he's a rhythm guitar player, so he's got some pretty heavy rhythms, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially I think on this new album, there's so many different kinds of songs on it. Like, But it's all cohesive, you know, because it's all, you can tell it's us, so... So let's talk about the writing process. So how do you guys get together and write a, a song or an album? Um, generally, the guitar players write the riffs. You know, they're at home noodling around, and they they strike some gold, and then they uh, sometimes just bring it in as a riff, and we'll work on it together and jam it through. Or a lot of times... They've literally gone all the way home and re and arranged the whole song, and they bring it in as a finished piece, and they teach it to us, you know, part by part. And then um, we each put our own style on there, and then obviously I write the lyrics and then put the vocal melodies on the song once it's finished. That was going to be one of my other questions, because with a standalone vocalist, if if you wrote your own lyrics, which... You just oh said, yeah, so, uh, every single song. I could, and I'm not a writer. I really am not. I don't enjoy writing. Um, it's not like a passion of mine. Like I would prefer to like make a wreath or or well some like Mac, uh, well some wait melt some wax and make a candle. You know things like that. Like I love crafts. Right, <laughs> but writing has never been a strong suit of mine. I I write like I talk, and it's. I always used to get like bad grades. <laughs> so it's really stressful <laughs> when we have a new album because I'm like, I love making the melodies though. Like I love creating, I love singing over music and, and finding the little like, um, you know, pathways that my voice can, can get in, right. uh, to, to create. And I love singing. Like, I just wish that I could just do that. But luckily, my songs are pretty interesting, I feel. Um, so I'm not a horrible writer. It just doesn't come easy to me, and sometimes it takes a really long time. I can relate to that because yeah. being a writer myself, it is kind of difficult sometimes. More often than not, um, I notice with my own is I will be – I will have something recorded and be playing it out for, you know, four, five, six months and be – 
you know, I really wish I would have said this word instead. Totally. So, so the live version usually adapts into that word. And, you know, I just put it out there. <laughs> That's exactly what every band does when they record an album and listen to it after it's out. You know, they're like, man, I, I probably could have done that solo a little better. Or, or right. Man, I wish I would have put a harmony over that. You know, it's like right. the artist is never fully satisfied. Right, it's the natural. The painter, you know, the natural yeah. critique. Sure. Do you have a favorite song from Lady Beast that you have written or an album? Um. And since we're talking about a new album coming out, Vulture's Amulet, it, uh, excluding that because it's like you know the progression of things. Sure, sure. Um. Oh, you know. I mean, I guess Vicious Breed was, like, my favorite album um, as of recent. I thought the new one, you know, obviously. Right. Um, but, yeah, I would say the song development is our most mature album. It's it's our most developed, professional-sounding and content album that we had put out to date. So that was the one I was most proud of, and that was the one that I felt was, like... Um, really had pushed new boundaries. And that's Vicious Breed? Yeah. You know, I'm looking at that on the Bandcamp page right now. And I'm looking at a lot of the other the other albums, you know. Who does your all's artwork? Is it the same person each time, or is it different people? Um. So, it, yeah, it's kind of all been different. Okay. So, uh, the first uh, the first artwork that was done for the first LP was done by my longest friends. We've been friends since middle school. And um, I literally posed on top of, like, a garbage heap with real men in, like, diapers. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, like, that was, you know, it cost us, like, $125, you know? Like, it was very, that was back in uh, 2012, I guess. Um, so that was a separate thing. And then, you know, our next artwork, we're like, Hey, let's do something like a bit, you know, I don't know, like more high tech, you know? So we got this digital artist and it's cool, but it's, it's definitely like not our style. Looking back, looking at everything else, it is the one that stands <laughs> looking back, out. Like that is that one is just pretty much like wow. It seems um, like that same time period. A lot of other bands did that same totally uh, same same style of digital art. Yes, uh, and that was in 2014. So now we're still talking about six years ago. You know, right. where like stuff was still so different. And to be honest, like there weren't a ton of metal bands around at this time, I feel like. Right. You know, it's weird. Like, I don't think people realize it because there's so many now, and especially so many female-fronted metal bands. But back in, like, 2008, when we were playing house shows with Midnight, you know, like, like, seriously, like, in Pittsburgh, there there was no metal bands. There was, like, no one... It hadn't become popular again yet here in the States, you know? Right. Especially, uh, like, on the East Coast or in the Midwest. So it wasn't until, like, you know, 
we started around the same time as High Spirits did, you know, like, it's all these bands just kind of, like, started trickling in. Savage Master. Yeah, Savage Master, you know, I would say, like, in the last, like, five to six years. Oh, absolutely. There has been an influx where now we have, you know, our Savage Masters, our Bloodstar, our um, Solicitor, you know, um, all of these, like, awesome female-fronted bands, and then so many awesome bands just from all over the place. Night Demon. um, You know, Visigoth. So it's, like, it's cool, but it's, like, crazy because... We just used to have to play punk shows because there weren't really that many metal shows unless they were like national acts. Right. And now they're, it's, the, it's, 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 it's somewhat alive and well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it can be oversaturated at points. It's definitely depending. oversaturated. Like, it, not to be a buzzkill, but no, it's definitely. It, yeah. <laughs> For real. You know, it's just kind of like, damn, like, wow, there's so many bands right now. Absolutely. You know, and back in like 06, I remember saying, it's like, you know, I really want to do a female fronted metal band that doesn't sound like Evanescence. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that's like completely worlds apart musically. Yeah. But yeah, it was just like, yes, I didn't want it operatic. I wanted it like right. gritty and ugh, dirty and thrash and, and never got a chance to do it. And now it's like, everywhere <laughs> i'm like yes <laughs> i know it's wild dude it's it so really nice um when you guys are writing songs do you uh, do you all assign like working titles to your music like um, before you assign like a name what's the what's the craziest working title you've ever assigned to anything like like a name for a song that the name doesn't exist but we call it something yes oh dear oh uh oh. Um. Oh man. See, like it sucks because, like, I have such bad memories. Oh. I know it's so hard for me to think of things, but dude, I know we've had really funny titles to songs that. Oh, it might hit me later. I might go downstairs and ask Adam, and you know, at some point too. <laughs> sure. Uh, if you could have written any song or album by another artist, what would it be? Uh, um, hmm. Probably. Everyone tells um, me that's the tough question. Yeah, that's really tough. Um, any album. Man, that's, that is, that is very tough. I mean, it's, I guess no, maybe I mean, like it's, a heavy, it's gotta, maybe a heavy metal style album. Anything. It would be. Uh, I mean, I might have liked to write Power Slave. Nice. I, yeah, I, that would have been a good album to write for sure. Definitely. I, that I would have 100% agree with that. Because that is a life changing album, in my opinion. Totally. Yeah. But I also love like lots of different types of music and another album I would have liked to write would have been Songs in the Key of Life, Stevie Wonder. Oh yeah. Because I love Stevie Wonder. See, I've He's been... like I, like besides Maiden, I know more Stevie Wonder songs than any other group. Y'all should, <laughs> y'all should metal up metal up a Stevie Wonder song. 
That would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be great. See, I picked something like, uh, you know, Jethro Tull. Sure. Cool. Yeah, because, you know, yeah, it's not all metal, but it's, I define heaviness many different ways for that. So I'm always totally. like heavy lyrically doesn't necessarily have to be heavy musically. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Or even just emotionally, you right. know, like the way it makes you feel like even just the music, you know, I get very moved by like, uh, it doesn't even have to be words, but obviously just the sound of music, you know, harmonies or, uh, intenseness, you know, speed, slowness. I mean, I don't know why, but I just feel like very easily affected by music in general. I could, I could buy that. So what inspires you to write musically? Um, I guess a, little, a couple of different things. I tend not to get too personal because I'm just not interested in that. Right. But um, I like writing stories. Uh, I like talking about magic and, uh, you know, Norse mythology, runes. I'm, that's like a uh, like a passion of mine. Um, I like talking, you know, I feel like a lot of people have the idea that you should, you know, keep politics out of music, but I kind of think that, you know, if you have the opportunity to, uh, speak to thousands of people, you know, uh, permanently on a record or just, you know, in person at a show, right. I feel like, you know, it's your obligation to just pass on messages of um, unity and togetherness and hope of, you know, one another. I'm not saying you need to talk about, like, presidents or whatever, but I feel like, you know, there's an obligation for musicians that ha or anyone that has a point of uh, being able to, to reach people with a message it should be a positive one. Right. And there's such a, in my opinion, you know, there's such a thing these days is, you know, what I refer to as, uh, you know, informed Americans or informed people and then Facebook informed. Sure. Definitely. And, and I think and that's, that's what's hard about the, our society. That's not our fault even. You know what I mean? It's like we're so tricked. Right. By the internet, you know, you don't even know what to believe anymore. It's crazy. Absolutely. And where, you know, that's that love-hate relationship with technology. Yeah, exactly. It, it's helped us all, you know, in the music scene, it's helped us find other bands and, you know, people who, And do podcasts and, you know, right, cool stuff like this. and stuff like that. But then again, you know, it's also, there's the downsides too. So definitely for sure. So I don't like to get too crazy, but you know, I do like to try to open people's eyes. Uh, like we have a song called not this time. It's just, you know, trying to like, you know, just open, open one's eyes to the realities of our situation. And, you know, and in, in some people's day to day lives, you know, absolutely, it might not be your day to day life, but maybe think about, you know, think about someone else. Right, it's the, it's the it's the meme out there that says some uh, somebody's fighting a battle that you know nothing about. If you could play a concert from days gone past, like a major concert, what would it be? 
Ooh. This is a pretty interesting question. A lot of people give me some really interesting answers. Yeah. Um, let's see. A concert. Hmm. Yes, yeah, that's, that's difficult. And I will go ahead and say no one has actually said Woodstock. <laughs> Not the original anyways. <laughs> that is funny. Did people say the, the newer one? Somebody said 99. Oh, no way. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's wild. <laughs> um, hmm. Trying to think. Maybe. Hmm. Crap. It'd be really hard to, um. To pick just one. Yeah, it's really hard to pick just one. Maybe if we could have slid into the Metal Metal Masters tour back in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Big Absolutely. Four. Maybe we could have been one of the Big Four. Nice. That would have been awesome. That Yeah, that, that, would, be super, <laughs> that would be super cool. I could dig that. Oh, sometimes I wish. I wish that we could have just been a band of the 80s. And just how, you know... Think about how different things would have been. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's part the of the times were so different. Very much, you know, and it's interesting how how bands like Maiden, for example, got as popular as they could in Europe, but they all talked about coming over here. And then in the 90s to the uh early 2000s and almost to the point of now, a lot of bands here are like, I've got to go to Europe because that's where it's at. That's where everything's happening. So, right. Which is an interesting, it's an interesting turnaround. No, that is very true. Do you have a favorite venue or city to perform in? Well, we love playing in Cleveland because I feel like we definitely have a Cleveland family and hardcore Cleveland fans that, are always at the shows and are so supportive and come to the fest and things like that. Um, we played in Chicago a handful of times at Reggie's and, uh, we also really love playing in Chicago. We have, a an awesome time there. Tons of people always come out. Um, so I would say in particular, those two, those two, uh, cities have treated us very well. Right on. Cause Cleveland rocks, right? Cleveland Moss, definitely. Do you have a favorite film? Favorite film? Um, favorite movie? I mean, I've had, like, lots of different ones, like, over time. Um, like, when I was younger, I used to, like, love all the Kevin Smith movies. Nice. (laughs) I would say I watched, like, Mallrats and Crybaby, like, a lot. Because I also love musicals. Oh, yeah? Um, so that's also, like, how heavy metal became, like, super awesome and easy for me to sing. And also write for was because it was uh, tons of storytelling and very um, operatic, vibrato, like, theatrical singing. Uh, so I was doing that my whole childhood. So, it, you know, I was already trained myself by just singing along the musicals. To, like, be a heavy metal singer. Right, because it's definitely an act of stamina. 
Oh, definitely. For so. sure. Totally. Yeah. I was like that, like the little like Jewish girl, like 10 years old, like, like singing Jesus Christ superstar, like at the top of my lungs. <laughs> in, my, in my parents' living room, you know? And then it, became, <laughs> and then it was Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. <laughs> totally! Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there was still a while to get there, though, I feel like. I grew up like kind of more like classic rock and then like Hall & Oates. And wow. Stevie Wonder, you know? ZZ Top, stuff wow. like that. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, Hall & Oates or anything like that. Oh, I love Hall & Oates. I, I kind of want to go see them. They're coming. <laughs> you know, I, I've been doing that. I've, I've seen a lot of bands, and now I'm to the point where it's like, well, I've seen this band, but I haven't seen this one. Should I go? And then, yeah, because it's coming down to the wire, you know? Right, yeah. It's because, you know, you never know what's going to happen, if they're going to be a band tomorrow or not. Um, or or anything like that. So it's like, you know, I might, I might go see Black Label, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, why not? Right. I mean, Zach's awesome, you know? Uh, do you have a favorite food? I mean, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> most. I mean, who doesn't? Who couldn't eat pizza answer, every day? <laughs> right? That's the most metal answer ever. Uh, pizza and all of it. <laughs> <laughs> All of it, and then yeah. some more, please. Right, right. <laughs> uh, do you have an ultimate jam? An ultimate jam? Mm-hmm. Like that song that just comes on, and I'm like, this is my jam! Yeah, absolutely. Uh, something that mm. you, something that will always find its way back to your, your CD player, record player, MP3 player? Wait, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> something that always finds its way back to your, to your ears. Um, definitely anything by Dio or Twisted Sister, for sure. <laughs> That's a first. Twisted Sister is a first on the I show. I love Twisted Sister. I, uh, I play, we did, uh, there's always, like, a bunch of benefit shows around here for the, ho- or for, like, Halloween, and normally they're for, like, animals. Right. And, uh, so we've done a bunch of them. We've been Judas Priest, we've been Guns N' Roses. And then, uh, but one time I, with a bunch of other ladies, did a Twisted Sister cover band. It was just so fun. That sounds really interesting, actually. It was so fun. Are, are, are there any pictures of this? Um, There's a couple of them. I made a pretty good D. Snyder, for real. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I really, I love being other people. You know, it's so, there's something that's fun about like just pretending you're like some, you know, because you you know how to act. Right, right, right. You know. <laughs> Do you have a fav uh, a guilty pleasure? Uh reality TV. Ah, uh, what like uh, like ninety day fiance type of stuff. <laughs> that's funny. I just saw. <laughs> I was just on Facebook and I saw somebody post that this season's 90 day fiance people should be, uh, should have applied for catfish. Is oh what, my God. Yeah. I mean, I've, honestly, I mean, I've been watching it. It's not like, um, I'm not like tuning in that night, like at that time to watch it. But I mean, if there's a couple episodes that build up in the thing, you better believe I'm going to watch them all. Oh, yeah. You binge them um, at the same Psychologically, time. it's interesting. I, so I love people, and I, I'm so interested uh, into why people do the things that they do. 
Um, I don't like judge them for it as long as they're not hurting themselves or someone else. Right. But I'm just so interested at how, you know, someone can be so disillusioned to something that just seems so real. And I mean, I've even been there in my life before. I've been tricked. I've been lied to. You know what I mean? We all have. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you think back, like, what the hell was I thinking? So by, you know, having it on TV where you can actually, like, kind of see it, it's so interesting to me, you know, to watch these shows. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to look at Not it. justifying it, but just saying, <laughs> just letting you know oh, where I, I'm coming oh, from. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like to equate the reality TV to something George Carlin said. He said, when you're born, you get a ticket to the freak show. And if you're born in America, you get a front row seat. And, Amen. And then that's that's how I look at reality TV, which there are certain things that I watch that are reality-based, like Chopped or Forged in Fire or some stuff like oh, that. Oh, I love those, too, for oh, sure. Yeah. Well, they're the exact same show, only one's making knives and one's making food. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> they're legit the exact same show. <laughs> uh, one makes me hungry and one doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one makes me hungry and one makes me want one to One makes me want to kill, kill. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Um, Do you have a Spinal Tap moment? Oh, my God, yes. Okay, so this is a memory that I do have (laughs) and that I will probably never forget. So we had a total Spinal Tap moment where we're playing on the live college radio here in Pittsburgh. This is like years ago. And uh, we're stoked because we had never like played on the radio before, and we're it's live, you know. So we're like, "Holy shit, that's gonna be crazy!" And um, so we're like, you know, walking through this like really fancy college, you know, being like, "This is at our stinkiest, dirtiest times in all of our lives, too." You know, oh, where yeah. I was like the I was definitely the smelliest member of the band, if you can believe it or not. So we you know we're walking through the hallways. We have all our gear. You know, like, uh, we're like, we're getting lost, you know, like, uh, janitors are like telling, you know, we're like going down wrong hallways. Like we literally feel like the band walking backstage, (laughs) you know, like at that one concert, you know, where they're like totally lost. And then we finally like find the elevator and get on it. And then one of the members accidentally pulled the fire alarm instead of like pressing the button. Oh no! So the whole school got evacuated. The college, oh, like, no. building. And, and, like, all these fire trucks rolled up. I mean, it was it was insane. And I was just like, don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, you know, after everyone went back in, we went and we played on the radio and everything was great. And it's probably the reason why it's a recorded radio show now. <laughs> yeah, right. They don't even do it anymore. Oh. <laughs> they saw it on camera. They were like, we know it was you. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And it was—I'm sure it was an accident, but you oh, know, total accident! Th- but those still, things that can't risk it. No, but it's those things. It's like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Oh my god, delayed. Yes. Totally, oh. we all like just totally freaked out. <laughs> That's pretty hardcore. What is your greatest achievement as a musician? Um, to date, the greatest achievement of being a musician is continuing to be a musician. Um, it's hard to keep a band together. Very much. You know, it's super hard to keep a band together. 
Um, you know, life is very interesting when music is your passion because there's a lot of different paths that can be taken, right? Like when we're all super young, you assume I'm going to, you know, be a professional touring musician. That's just going to be like my, my thing. Well then like you might acquire some animals along the way. And in that, in that meantime, you know, right. And then let's say like you gain some, some other passions along the way. Right. So now like you're middle-aged and you're still doing your thing and rocking it out, but you realize that realistically the ship has sailed. Right. For that kind of thing. For that, like, main, you know, like, everyday kind of thing. Absolutely. But what I realized, too, though, is that, you know, you really need to find uh, people who want that full-time life. Very so much. it's just, it's it's so interesting, you know? Like, I, um, if you would have asked me when I was, like, 20-something where I thought I would be in my mid-30s, it would have been, like, touring all over the world, you know? Endless possibilities. But now that I'm in my mid-30s and we're not doing that, but we continue to make music because we love it and because it's what makes us happy and people still like it. And now, like, I'm involved in so much stuff. Like, I couldn't imagine not be being here and being involved in all the stuff I do. You know, I think it goes to, like, music is so beautiful in this way where it almost, you know, when you think you have a path, it it guides you in another way. You know what I mean? very much. And I feel so blessed that I I have a passion and that I'm able to do it and that it's also allowed me to, like, get involved with all these other things. You know what I mean? To make my life so meaningful. Very much. I Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. 100%. And, you know, sometimes it's one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, some people crave not necessarily stability on on a whole, but something more stable than what music can offer as a touring musician. Because with a uh, with many touring bands, you know, especially regional uh, or, you know, smaller bands, uh, there's a lot of couch surfing that goes on. Even, oh, with, for sure. even with you know even once you're home or what you consider home if you're based out of a city you know oh i mean 100 percent. i mean you have to sacrifice something i guess that's that's right. what i was getting at where when you're a 100 percent touring musician you've sacrificed a home life right you yes. know what i mean like making um like very like um meaningful connections in your like neighborhoods and communities and and having like a home base where you're affecting the things around you but meanwhile you're out there globally affecting the world in a different way so you know you make us you make the sacrifice um you either make the sacrifice and not do that 100 percent on the road life or you do it and you know you can never have it all basically Exactly. Not anymore. Not anymore. No, not anymore because it's too many bands. Right. Exactly. My my biggest fear with uh, a constant going on the road musician was getting stranded somewhere and not ever not being able to make it home. Kind of. Oh thing. yeah. Or having to sell my gear to make it home. Oh god. <laughs> yeah that that's a that's a big 
big one on the anxiety scale. <laughs> Heck yeah. That would be horrible. Um, if heaven or hell exists, what would you like to hear when you arrive to either? Wherever you think, um, wherever, th- if, wherever you think you're going. Maybe uh, Queen's Another One Bites the Dust, because I always thought that that would just be the best song to walk into a room. Better than down, down. Oh. <laughs> you know that hey uh i'm a wrestling aficionado to a degree junkyard dog walked out to that so I can, oh dope <laughs> yeah, so, yeah it definitely casts an image for sure that's awesome <laughs> um and now for the big morbid question how would you like to die um like least painfully for sure um, right <laughs> Like, I don't know, definitely maybe in my sleep. Uh, <laughs> am I being too literal? <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, I mean, that's it's designed, it's a question um, designed for that. Nothing yeah, like, definitely either, like, in my like sleep. Uh, no, definitely not. No, that's a little too flashy for me. Right, like, uh, Nothing stage. too flashy. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I wouldn't want it to be traumatic for anyone. <laughs> right, definitely. <laughs> the, least, the least painful and traumatic way. For my loved ones and for myself, however that might be, I don't even know. I don't even want to. I don't even want to put it out there because maybe it will be even better than that. There you go. So yeah. tell everybody how to get a hold of you guys so they can find out more info, download um, songs, CDs, buy albums. Tell everybody um, how to do that. All right, well, folks, if you liked what you heard. You want to hear uh, some more or maybe even help uh, support the band in our future endeavors by buying things, you can go to our Bandcamp page. Uh, if you haven't been there before, it's a super awesome platform for finding out about new music and also buying the merch and music from those bands that you find on there. Uh, so that's our Lady Beast Bandcamp page. And on there you will find albums, uh, shirts, the new album that will be released a week from uh, this interview. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook. We're also just Lady Beast on there or Lady Beast Official if you're having trouble. And uh, also find us on Instagram and just give us a like and a follow. Uh, it'll keep you up to date on our future touring and a new album and anything else that's cool that we want to tell you about. Awesome, and if the and the pre-sale is still going on, correct? Uh, yes. Uh, as far as I know, the pre-sale is still going on until they sell out, and then uh, we have some for sale at our album release show, which is April 3rd uh, with Bewitcher and uh, a local band called Sweat. So uh, if anyone is feeling frisky, they can uh, drive on in. April third at Cativo, and then page on Facebook. All right. Any shout outs you want to give before you go? Well, shout out to you. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks. Um, Metal Forge. Um, thank you, and a shout out to Louisville. I was just there, um, filming with my friends in Savage Master for their nice. music video. Um. So I think that video is coming out in a couple of weeks. I can't wait to see it. Absolutely. And um, yeah, shout out to my my homies in Savage Master. Love them. And yeah, 
I I think that's it. Shout out to all the people listening and all the fans, and thank you for everything. All right. Well, Deb, thank you for calling in. It has been an awesome time, and we'll see you on down the road. Yeah, hope to do it again sometime. Thank you. Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait.